Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Uh, I'm going I'm to get right into this. And so we are on this sermon series, We Are Reach. And uh, you guys have been enjoying that. Uh, yes. Okay, some of you guys have. That's okay. That's all right. We're, we're going to get you there. Um, uh, and so, uh, so Pastor Omar has gone through uh, 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 most of them, almost. We'll finish, uh, I think we'll wrap it up this Sunday. Uh, that's going to be a great time. And, and Pastor Rob uh, preached on Make Room, one of our values. And that was, that was awesome. I wasn't able to be here, uh, but that, that was awesome. And so let's run through those real quick. Change is... Our friend, okay? Uh, what Pastor Omar said, that's our buddy right there, right? Change is our friend. And uh, sometimes we just got to keep telling ourselves that because uh, many of us don't, don't like change. Uh, last week, Pastor Omar talked about defined and aligned and talking about relationships and, uh, and, all, of that, and, and all of that stuff. And, and not only that, but uh, uh, being aligned with the vision of this house, I think, is very, very important, especially for those of you that feel the call of God on your life, understanding that you're able to, well, understanding that you should uh, submit yourself uh, to the common vision of this house. And in that submission and in that work and uh, stewarding another man's vision, God will bless you and honor you and elevate you and, uh, and give you your own thing. So uh, that's just free. That's like a, um, that, that's just a bonus on top of that. Uh, as I said, uh, 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 Pastor Rob spoke on making room and uh, how we value um, uh, your mental wellness um, and, and really your whole, your, your whole well-being, uh, spiritually, mentally, physically, all of those things. And maybe we should talk a little bit more about physical health, but we're not going to do that tonight. Uh, so you guys, uh, you guys are good. Uh, we talked about reach out, uh, and this is something that we, uh, this is, you know, uh, critical or central to who we are in evangelism. Uh, in fact, we have our outreach team uh, that's going out tomorrow night. I'm looking for Jason Lopez. I don't see him in the room, but uh, our outreach team is going out uh, 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 tomorrow, and this is central to who we are. We talked about 360 honor. We honor up, we honor down, and we honor all around. And so this is kind of central to who we are. Uh, Pastor Omar preached on truth and grace. Uh, I love that uh, because I need a lot of grace uh, in my life, and, and I've been the recipient of a lot of grace. But this truth and grace is, is a great balance for us to try, try to figure out, okay? I don't think any of us have it fully figured out, but trying to figure that and uh, figure that out and uh, 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 following Jesus and his example of truth and grace is probably probably the, the right place to start. And then, uh, uh, and then uh, uh, this, this week is life on life, right? This week is life on life. And we'll talk about that. That's discipleship. But uh, what I wanted to kind of talk about is uh, as, we are, as we are identifying these values, there are some things uh, that maybe some of us may think has been omitted. And uh, I just want to maybe, maybe connect those dots for all of us tonight. See, um, the best way for me to, to, to describe this, and it was the best way that it was described to me, is, uh, is an operating system. Okay, so, so all of these values uh, uh, reside 
reside within this operating system. Okay, so stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Uh, so the operating system in your computer or your device, I just got hit up for a, a new update on my, on my iPhone. I haven't hit update yet because that always makes me nervous. Anybody else get nervous about an update? So I, I haven't hit the update yet, but, but the update is going to uh, update the, uh, the operating system so that all of my apps and all of my different programs will function properly. You guys with me? So some of the operating systems that have not been, uh, you know, uh, spoken to directly as you, wa- as you look through our values are critical to who we are and, and, and really nothing happens unless we have this operating system. Now, one of those things is the presence of the Holy Spirit. We contend for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We contend in prayer uh, before service. We contend in prayer through prayer and fasting. We contend in prayer on Saturday mornings. We contend in prayer because we understand that nothing happens, nothing moves the hand of God like prayer does. So we're presence-driven in that fact. The other thing that we do that's central to what we do, to who we are as Reach Paramount is praise. When you walk into this house, this is a house of praise. Would you agree with that? I mean, as the first thing, maybe you're here uh, maybe recently, and uh, when, you, when you walked into this building, uh, I don't have to ask you, I know this, is that you felt the sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place, and you saw a people that were active in praise, yes? So this is central to our operating system. These are things that don't necessarily need to be said. However, all of our values operate within this, this kind of ecosystem, if, if I may say it that way. And so nothing happens unless we've established the power, the anointing, and the presence of God. This is why we start our services with a praise service. As we magnify God, as we lift up our praises to God... God says that where two or three are gathered in one mind, in one accord, that his presence will dwell in that place. So when we come together and we begin to praise and we begin to lift up the name of, of Jesus, the presence of God and the anointing falls in this place. Now, how is that or, or what happens or what's the evidence of that? In those moments where you feel anxiety, where you feel stress, I'll be honest, tonight walking in here, I felt a little bit of anxiety, uh, just a lot of things on my plate. Anybody else ever feel like that? I'm human. So I walked into this place and I said, I got to get into the prayer room. Where's Pastor Rob? I told him, I said, I, don't, I can't really talk about that. I need to get to the prayer room. But uh, the evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God is that in your time of praise that you begin to feel a peace that comes on you. Anybody experience that even tonight? And so this is evidence that there's the presence of the Holy Spirit, that there's the anointing here to now release the ability for us to do all of these different things. It gives us peace in times of change where we may be full of anxiety or, or uh, uncertainty, but we know that the presence of God is with us. And so change can be my friend in those moments. You, you guys following me here? Uh, the, the culture of honor is because we honor God first and foremost, and so we posture ourselves in a place of humility so that we're able to love our brothers and our sisters equally. 
Right? So you understand what I'm saying? So all of this is happening because we establish the presence of God. And in one of those ways, we do that in prayer. We do that in fasting. And tonight, I want to talk about this power of praise uh, that is central to who we are at Reach Church. You guys with me so far? Cool. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about the story of Jehoshaphat, and uh, this is found in Second Chronicles. And uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to apologize to our production team because you guys are going to have to just follow me with this because I'm going to read through it. Then we're going to jump around a little bit. But the story of Jehoshaphat's found in Second Chronicles in the Old Testament, and uh, Jehoshaphat was a king of Judah who ruled during the time of a divided kingdom when Israel was split into separate kingdoms, north and south. Okay, so Jehoshaphat was known for his devotion to God and his efforts to lead the people of Judah in proper worship and obedience to God. So uh, you would you would you may say that Jehoshaphat's reputation preceded him as a godly man and one that wanted to do right uh, as he led the people of God. Uh, the Bible tells us that he worked to remove idols and false gods from the land, and so he was kind of picking up. Uh, uh, from where the, the, his predecessor left off, and he was getting things right, removing all of these all of these idols, and getting the people of God in right relationship with God. He also uh, encouraged the people of God to read Scripture. I'll just pause right there. I want to encourage you to read your Bible. Now, I know that as I'm standing here, that might sound really basic, and you might tell me, well, get to the good part. That is the good part. <laughs> that is the good part, is that we would study the Word, that we would read the Word, that we would uh, uh, digest the Word, that we would allow the Word to transform us and change us and, and mold us and shape us into the person that God has called each and every one of us to be. And so oftentimes we're, we want to be moved by a, a, a spiritual gift. And I'm telling you, the most dynamic thing that you could do in your life is to study the Word of God. You're looking for, uh, uh, you're looking for a, a bigger platform. You're looking for a more dynamic ministry, whatever that is. Fill yourself with the Word of God and see that the power of God won't follow uh, those efforts. So despite Jehoshaphat's faithfulness, and this might be a word for somebody, despite his faithfulness, he still faced challenges. He still faced battles. He still faced things that he had to overcome in his life. How many of us in our lives were saying, man, I am doing everything that I can to follow God? I, I, am, I, I have disciplines in my life. I have guardrails in my life. I have accountability. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the things that I know to do. But there seems to be these obstacles that are still in my life. Anybody else, anybody else have some obstacles in their life just like me? And so despite his faithfulness, despite his, his, uh, his devotion to God, he still had these challenges and these battles that he had to overcome. But this is really the testimony of Je Jehoshaphat at least in the beginning of his ministry, that he always trusted God for victory. And so despite his challenges, despite the things that were going on, he always trusted God 
for his victory. So here it is. Let's, let's pick it up in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 2 and uh, verse 20. And I'm going to read through this, okay? So get your, get your Bible out. I'm going to stop and tell you where to highlight. Uh, and if you don't have your physical Bible, it's cool. I believe that the Word of God is, uh, is the same on a tablet than it is uh, a, a, a Bible. Um, so uh, if you're offended by my, uh, my iPad, you know, you have to forgive me anyways. But we're going to read together, all right? So 2 Chronicles chapter 2, uh, 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 verse 20, starting verse 20. After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. Uh, this is another word for Engedi. Verse 3, highlight this. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Highlight that. Verse 4, so people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Highlight that, verse number 6. He goes on, oh God, you did not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived, question mark. And did you not give us this land forever to the descendants of, the, of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, famine, we can come stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored and we can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and you will rescue us. My goodness, that is comforting. Verse 10, and now see what the armies of Ammon, uh, of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let your ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Verse number 12, highlight this. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? Question mark. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Anybody ever feel like that? Anybody ever feel like, I don't know what to do. In fact, there is nothing that I can do. Verse 13, all, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, so these are families, the Spirit of the Lord came upon the, the men standing there. His, uh, one of the men standing there, his name was Jehazel, son of Zechariah, son of Benai, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah, Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. So here's a Levite, here's a priest of the Lord, and he says... Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. 
Tomorrow march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ancient, uh, through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jerul. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Verse number 18, highlight this. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the uh, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. Listen to this. The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they, sa- they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, so listen to this. This is, let me paint this picture. So this is the reinforcements coming in to aid Jehoshaphat, okay? So they're ready to fight. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, All they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them. Overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies, they marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side." Now, I know that's a lot of scripture, and, um, you know, maybe that's, the, maybe that's the most scripture you've read all week. You're welcome. But I wanted to walk us through this. Now, this is a great display of God's power. And quite honestly, this is really what I like to call weaponizing praise. Can I, can I say that? Or is anybody getting offended by that? That Jehoshaphat employed this, what I would call a life hack, and weaponizing praise. In verse 3, it said that Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. 
And my thought about this was that as Jehoshaphat, as a king, as a man of dignity, as a man that carried uh, uh, a great rapport and a man that uh, uh, led in confidence, he was scared. And I think about leaders of homes. I think about whether you're, uh, wh- wh- whether you're a, uh, a married family with both parents in the home, whether you're a single parent family and you're leading, whatever that is. I'm here to tell you that sometimes things are very, very scary. And each and every one of us can be gripped with fear. And I think that the proper response when we're fearful, Jehoshaphat models that in what I like to call weaponizing praise. It says that he was terrified by this news. And what did he do? Did he go and seek help from his best friend? Did he go and do that? Did he go and seek help from a neighboring king? No, he didn't go and do that. It says that he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Now, what did he do? He humbled himself in that moment. He said, I do not have all the answers. I don't know how we're going to figure this out. In fact, I'm just as scared as everybody else. And because of that, I need to go and inquire of the Lord. I wonder how many many of us carry around this burden of having to know it all or having to have all the answers or having to figure it out When God's not called us to do that, but God's called us to humble ourselves, inquire of him, and see that he wouldn't deliver our enemies or deliver us from our situation. This whole thought about weaponizing praise, I I like to share a story, a personal story, and praise and worship is kind of how we say it, but praise is kind of like an act of worship. Uh, Anyways... Praise and worship has been central to my life as, as, uh, since a child. Um, many of you know my story. I was raised in a home. My parents uh, were pastors. And so uh, my father, some of you may not know this, but my father was, uh, was, was a, uh, a professional recording artist in a gospel quartet. All right? And, uh, and, and uh, his family, they are from New York during the, uh, the, during the doo-wop times. And so, uh, you know, they gospelized it and, and uh, they got together and they... Uh, they had this quartet. It was called the Sounds of Faith. Uh, in fact, I have uh, I have their their record, and uh, I, I I share it with some of my friends. I, I won't shame the one that kind of like made fun of me until they knew the until they knew the backstory. Uh, I said, "Hey, that's my dad. Like, <laughs> like be cool, right?" Um, but but uh, you know, I'm saying this because uh, uh, praise has been central to my life. Now I'll tell you, as a young man, and, and uh, even as a uh, uh, um, even as a grown man at, at times, I'd never really had tapped into the power of this praise thing. I'd never really tapped into it, but I've seen it modeled in my life in different occasions that that caused me to kind of grow in my maturity and gain confidence in what I'm calling this laugh this life hack of weaponized praise. 
Uh, one of the things I, re- I remember, a childhood memory is, uh, um, you know, and I've shared this before, is my mom playing the piano. So it, when my mom was probably uh, in her mid-30s, uh, uh, at our church, we had a small, ch- uh, my parents uh, pastored a small church, and we didn't have a pianist. And uh, so, you know, mom was uh, uh, ready, uh, ready, willing, and available. And so she just started learning, and I remember from, you know, from, from, uh, from a child, uh, having, seeing her there uh, playing, you know, n- keys and, and, and singing songs and, uh, you know, the metronome going and, and playing and her just filling our front room. I could, I could envision it now. Her just filling our front room with praise and worship. I, uh, I, I remember, you know, fast forward, I remember my, my mom, we, we lost our mom years ago. Um, uh, uh, she was 56, too young. But, uh, you know, these, these critical moments in my life where I say that uh, I I, I really understood the power of this was, uh, and I've shared this before, was my mom's final moments on, on her, uh, basically on her deathbed. And uh, I remember this clear as day. I remember walking into uh, to the hospital room, and it was kind of like a double door thing. And my mom had made uh, a decision uh, to 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 no longer, uh, uh, you know, um, take the take the, the therapy and, and and the stuff that they're giving her. And uh, she had uh, decided that this was it; that she was uh, she was going home to be with the Lord. And at this point, she was uh, intubated, so she couldn't speak. But when I walked into the room, I remember my dad uh, standing on the on the right side of the bed as I as, as I went in. And I looked, uh, there was a, a, a radio uh, with a tape, a cassette. Uh, some of you might, might not know what that is, but there was a tape and a cassette in there. And it, it had to be like Ron Canoli or something like that. And uh, uh, it was playing there. And when I walked in, my mom's hands are raised to, to, to God. And, uh, and she's lipping to me, I'm going to see Jesus. And I'm just like... I'm blown away. I'm, I, I, what? What? And the joy and the peace that was on her face. I, uh, it, it's, it's seared into my memory. It's seared onto my heart for all eternity. I, I, I promise you that. My dad is on the right side, devastated, crying, de- devastated. And my mom's sitting there. I'm going to see Jesus. She's lipping this to me. And I'm just, I'm blown away by that. I just, I, I don't understand how in, in such a dark place that praise kind of breaks through all of that. And, and praise could give someone a confidence, a hope of glory that we talk about. Despite all the situation, despite all the, all, all the reports, another uh, another time I was sharing this with with uh, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty um, before I came out here. Another time that I, I remember this uh, this 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 happening was my grandmother passed away. So this is my dad's mom. She passed away during COVID. Uh, due to COVID, um, and uh, I remember uh, they had uh, they had they had found her there, and they had pronounced her dead. The the sheriffs were there, and called the family together. And so, you know, it's kind of a blur. Uh, so my siblings will have to forgive me, but I remember my oldest 
uh, sister, or my, my sister being there, um, and, and me, and we're in, in the room, and I think my younger sister Heidi was there, and we're in the room, we're in the front room of my grandma's house. Now, understand, this is where we uh, celebrated Christmas, this is where uh, uh, a lot of my childhood memories are. Uh, we're there in the front room, uh, grandma is on, uh, is on the ground, she's, she's gone. And uh, I'm there, my dad is there, um, and my siblings are there. And uh, I, I remember my dad uh, employing this kind of weaponizing of praise, and, and he, he, he just starts to pray. It, we're sad, we're broken, we're crushed. And he, he begins to pray, he just prays a, a, a prayer of, of faith, and then he breaks out into, you know, my dad always, he always like had, had to show off that he could sing. Um, so he just goes right into a hymn, and some of you may know it. It's uh, What a Day That Will Be. Um, and I'm not going to sing it because you guys don't want me to sing. Um, but I'll say it. No, 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 I'm not singing. Uh, but I'll say the words. Uh, it, it, what a day that will be when my Jesus I will see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. He'll take me by the hand and lead me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. And I thought like (sighs) We sing about this stuff And then You see it played out And then you see a man of God Leading in confidence Assurance and boldness that that's the promise. That's all we have to hold on to is there's nothing we could do. Uh, the, la- the, the, the last kind of thing that I remember most recently is my dad passing. <clears throat> and um, at his internment, uh, uh, a remnant of the sounds of faith, all right? A remnant of the, of the quartet. It was, uh, it's my, my uncle, my two uncles. They, have, they were there, right? And uh, we're, we're doing the internment and I had the tremendous honor of, of uh, presiding over the internment of my, of my father. And, um, and my uncle sang that same song. What a day it will be when my Jesus, I will see how I, I, and I just realized like Jehoshaphat, when there's no more options, there's, there's no answers, there's no strategy, no one's coming to save you, no one's coming to help you. That in those moments, All we have is praise. All we have is our hope. All we have are the the promises. And I love the song that we sang tonight that 
all his promises are yes and amen. And I think about all the different things that many of us are experiencing even, even today, even now, whether it's a diagnosis of illness, um, it's financial issues, it's relational issues, it's uh, um, uh, people that we love that are addicted and broken, and there's nothing that you can do. You feel completely helpless and hopeless. And in those moments, I just want to encourage you to employ this life hack or employ this, this thing in weaponizing our praise. Because again, praise has nothing to do with us. It has all, everything to do with the, with the Lord. This is the power of it is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter how jacked up you are. Because it's about magnifying God. And so here's a couple things. Number one, we don't put our trust in men. We don't put our trust in, in things. We don't put our trust in the things of this world. But our trust has to be wholly dependent on God. He's the miracle worker. He's the way maker. He's the one that can make a way where there seems to be no way. And so our hope alone is in God. Praise has to start with humility. So we have to get over ourselves or past ourselves and say, I don't have all the answers. I am powerless. Verse 12, Jehoshaphat, this is his declaration to God. He says, we are powerless against this, this mighty army that is about to attack us, and we do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. And I think tonight there may be some of us that feel absolutely powerless over our situation, absolutely powerless over whatever it is that we're facing and you don't know what to do, and I'm here to tell you that's okay, because all you have to do is trust God. And somebody's frustrated that it's that simple. You want something dynamic. And just like Jehoshaphat, we have to admit, I can't figure this out. I don't have all the answers. Honey, I don't know how it's going to get figured out, but we're going to trust God. We're going to be faithful. We're just going to, we're, we're, we're just going to trust God. I'll close it with this. So God responds quickly and tells the king and all the people not to be afraid. It, it's in this time of humility and praise. The presence of God is there. The anointing of God is there. And it says that in that moment, there was a Levite. There was a prophet there that stood up under the anointing of God and declared a word of hope, that declared a word of victory. And he assured them that he would deliver the armies of the enemy into their hands and even promise to do it without the army having to fight. And this is my word to some of us that are carrying a burden. A burden of responsibility, I guess, is probably one way to look at that. Is that like Jehoshaphat, can you stand still and be confident in God and see his deliverance? Even when situations look bleak, even when situations look like they're getting worse and worse and worse, do you have the grit do you have the tenacity to stand firm and trust God and see that he won't deliver your situation?
stuff is real. This stuff is real. Now Jehoshaphat, we heard the story, Jehoshaphat wins the battle and uh, he's celebrated and, and uh, uh, everyone is, is high-fiving and everyone's got the plunder and everyone's got all the, all the good stuff and um, Jehoshaphat's the man again, right? And it says that he lives in peace and if you continue reading, and for the sake of time I'm not going to read it, but if you continue reading down in this story and you look at verses 31 through the balance of, of this chapter, 31 through 37, it summarizes Jehoshaphat's reign and uh, we would love to, to kind of end this story and like, you know, and everyone lives happily ever after. That's kind of how we kind of fantasize our world, right? Everyone lives happily ever after and it's great and there's peace forever. It's not the case. In fact, Jehoshaphat, after this great military win, after this great victory, after this, this great deliverance, he finds himself in a place of compromise. Despite all the accomplishments, Jehoshaphat made a serious mistake that ultimately led to his disqualification as a faithful servant of God. It says that he formed an alliance with Ahaziah, a wicked king of Israel. And something else is that he did not completely remove the idols out of his kingdom. And so here it is. Here's Jehoshaphat. He had all the right intentions. He, he was zealous for the things of God and he promoted study and, and uh, devotion to God. But it says that he didn't completely remove all the idols. And I think about that in, in, in our lives. I think about our zeal for God. And I mean, my goodness, you just show up here during our praise service and there's plenty of zeal for God in this house. I mean, altars are packed and people are lifting their hands before God. Some are weeping, some are kneeling before God. There's plenty of zeal in the house. But it says that Jehoshaphat, because of these compromises, these relationships, these little like pet sins that he didn't completely remove out of his life, that he was disqualified. One of the most gripping scriptures in the Bible is, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete. We all know this, right? We shadow box, we train, right? Like you're tough spiritually. But he says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should and discipline. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself be disqualified. And so here's Jehoshaphat. Here's precedence that Jehoshaphat was a faithful servant of God, a mighty leader. He saw the deliverance of God. He saw the power of God in his life. And because of relationships not being able to define and align. Pastor Omar said that affiliation breeds assimilation. And because he held on to these relationships, because he set up these alliances that he thought would help him out, he was ultimately disqualified. And I wonder for many of us, maybe there's things in our lives that we've allowed to kind of stay in place. 
we, 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 we chase after God, we're pursuing God, we, we love God. But there's these things in our lives that maybe we've allowed to kind of either take a foothold or, or take residence in our lives. And I'm here to tell you that this is like the, the warning. You hear it every, every time we come up here. We talk about repentance and, and things. And service after service, the Holy Spirit highlights these things in, in our lives. And we say, it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. I got it figured out. And I'm here to tell you that God requires complete devotion to him. Complete removal of anything that takes precedence or takes place of him in our lives. I think about Joshua. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. We all know that. We all know that story. And we celebrate Joshua and, and his great victory. And many of us think that's where the story ends. Well, it doesn't. Because God gave Joshua direct instructions about not taking anything from, from what they conquer and the very next battle that, they, that Joshua leads his army into, they get their butts kicked by a much smaller army, a much less resourced army. And he finds out that there's sin in the camp. There's, there's something that is prohibiting the favor of God and the blessing of God on his plans. And so there's precedence, there's precedence to this stuff. And so this morning, I'm going to, or this evening, I'm going to ask if, if you would bow your head and close your eyes and consider a couple of things, okay? Consider a couple of things. Number one, first and foremost, if you're here tonight and you feel completely hopeless, helpless, broken, lost, I'm here to tell you that there's hope. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.